It's Wednesday, February the 26th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist, sponsored by TD Ameritrade. Coming up, COVID-19 spreads further and Hosni Mubarak dies. First, the world in brief. America's Centers for Disease Control and Prevention warned that the COVID-19 virus was destined to become a pandemic. Anne Shuckett, a director at the CDC, said it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. An American soldier in South Korea tested positive for the virus, one of more than 1,100 confirmed cases there. In Spain's Canary Islands, hundreds of tourists were quarantined after an Italian visitor tested positive for the disease. Stock markets fell again in America and Asia. The yield on America's 10-year Treasury bonds reached a record low. Hosni Mubarak, Egypt's former strongman president, died. Mr. Mubarak, who had been in intensive care after surgery earlier this year, ruled from 1981 until he was ousted in 2011 after a popular uprising. The deposed president was jailed for corruption, but freed in 2017 and acquitted of most charges. At least 18 people were killed as protests in Delhi over India's new citizenship law degenerated into rioting. The violence began Sunday after politicians from the Hindu Nationalist Party of Prime Minister Narendra Modi rallied supporters of the law, which withholds equal treatment from Muslims against its detractors. Meanwhile, Mr Modi put on an elaborate state visit for President Donald Trump. Seven candidates for America's Democratic presidential nomination debated one another in advance of South Carolina's primary election. Most of their fire was concentrated on the two elderly New Yorkers, Bernie Sanders, the frontrunner and self-styled socialist, and Mike Bloomberg, the billionaire media baron most badly bruised in last week's debate. Joe Biden, former vice president, is counting on success in the state. A Chinese court sentenced a bookseller from Hong Kong to 10 years in prison for illegally providing intelligence overseas. Gui Min Hai, who had published books on the personal lives of Chinese Communist Party members, was seized in Thailand in 2015 and taken to China despite his Swedish citizenship. Human rights groups condemned the sentence and called for his release. After 15 years in charge of the Walt Disney Company, Bob Iger stepped down unexpectedly in favour of Bob Chapek, head of the company's parks division. Analysts had thought the job would go to someone more familiar with Disney's newer ventures, such as its streaming service. Mr Iger will stay on as executive chairman until the end of 2021. And Mexico's economy shrank by 0.1% last year, the first annual contraction in a decade. Revised figures also showed that GDP fell by 0.1% in the last quarter of 2019, compared with the third quarter. GDP last shrank by 5.3% in 2009 during the global financial crisis. Nonetheless, President Andrés Manuel López Obrador, who has promised annual growth of 4%, says he is confident that the economy will rebound. And now, here's today's agenda. Four days of red meat, CPAC 2020. The Conservative Political Action Conference, hosted by the American Conservative Union, begins today in Maryland. Like the American Conservative movement itself, CPAC has taken on a distinctly Trumpian veneer. Attendees can learn how to weaponize social media and recognize the left's most powerful propaganda technique. 
The ills of socialism and socialized medicine also figure heavily in the program. Many figures from the Trump administration will appear, as may the president. Last year, he spoke for two solid hours. The event's highlight is the annual straw poll, which asks attendees who they would like to see as president. The record for most CPAC straw polls won belongs to Mitt Romney, four, who recently voted to remove Mr. Trump from office at his impeachment trial. Matt Schlapp, the ACU's president, consequently refused to credential him as a conservative and said he would actually be afraid for his physical safety at the conference. Take a bite, Apple's shareholder meeting. Barely four weeks ago, Apple posted record quarterly profits. But when the tech giant's shareholders gather today for their annual meeting at its headquarters in Silicon Valley, they will have plenty of questions. Many will be about China, where production has been disrupted by the spread of COVID-19, which forced the company earlier this month to lower revenue forecasts. When will factories be back to normal? Will this episode have a lasting impact on the firm, which has most of its products assembled in China? But there are other longer-term issues. Some investors are still fretful of tech lash, particularly the reaction of regulators against the market dominance of Apple and its peers. Apple has some answers. There is talk that it might open up its iOS mobile operating system so users could choose which browser and email program, for instance, they want to use as a default. Now that would be revolutionary. Triple Whammy – Hong Kong's Budget After weeks working from home to prevent the spread of COVID-19, Hong Kong's civil servants head back to the office next week. Many will be busy doling out cash, including a handout of 10,000 Hong Kong dollars, 1,300 US dollars each, to around 7 million people. In his budget this morning, Paul Chan, the finance secretary, announced dozens of other expensive measures, including cheap loans and tax cuts, to help Hong Kongers through a downturn sparked last year by the trade war and anti-government protests and exacerbated by the coronavirus. The economy contracted by 1.2% in 2019. The forecast for 2020 ranges from minus 1.5 to 0.5%. Unemployment is rising and tourism has collapsed. Mr. Chan insists that the territory's economic fundamentals are solid and the economy will perk up once the epidemic has passed. Yet, given the recent run of shocks and its hugely unpopular government, Hong Kong's smooth recovery is far from guaranteed. Talking Shop, Spain and Catalonia A favourite slogan of the Catalan separatists aimed at Spain's government has been sit and talk. Today, Pedro Sánchez, the socialist prime minister, will do just that. In January, he won parliamentary support for his minority left-wing coalition thanks to the abstention of Esquerra, the largest separatist party. In return, he promised open-ended talks on the political conflict in Catalonia. The Catalan delegation at the first meeting at the Moncloa Palace in Madrid includes representatives of Carles Puigdemont, the fugitive former regional president, as well as Esquerra. They do not command a popular majority, and the government will reject their demand for a referendum on independence. However, Mr. Sanchez is prepared to talk about more powers and money for the region. He wants Esquerra's support for his budget. Esquerra wants negotiations to continue until a Catalan regional election, probably in the autumn. If nothing else, the exercise may show whether the separatists really want to talk rather than dictate. 
Tito's turn, South Africa's crucial budget. When Tito Mboweni outlines his budget today, it will be arguably the most important statement by a South African finance minister since the end of apartheid in 1994. The country's debt-to-GDP ratio has doubled over the past decade and is set to reach more than 70% within a few years. This reflects sluggish growth and lavish state spending, which in turn reflect the corruption and ineptitude of the ruling party, the African National Congress. The country's sovereign debt is on the verge of being downgraded to junk status by Moody's, the only major ratings agency that has not already done so. If the ebullient Mr Umboweni had free reign, he would cut public spending and unleash structural reforms, but he is constrained by his own party, which would rather protect its own interests than do what is right for all South Africans. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Hosni Mubarak, who passed away yesterday, February 25th, 2020. The true victory is the victory for democracy and pluralism. That's it from The Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening. 